that I ever needed. Thank you, Lord. Help me know that you are near. And so we give God praise to be in the house of God. It's raining on the outside, but there's a praise in the inside. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And so let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we give you praise this morning. It's an honor. It's a glory. It's a delight to stand before you. And we honor you, oh God, that God that loves us so much that you would give us another chance, another opportunity. But I thank you this morning for the chance to stand before your people. And I pray, God, that I will decrease in your presence and you will increase, that the message would go out. And Lord God, at the end of it all, the hearts would be receptive and you will get the glory. I thank you today, Lord. Let everyone in the house give him praise. Glory to God in the highest. Thank you, Lord. You may have your seats. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I just want to thank the Lord this morning. I give honor to my pastor, Pastor David Foster and Lady Vicki Foster for trusting me, you know, giving me the opportunity to stand here. I say thank you. I don't take it light and I don't take it for granted. I want to thank... Um, Someone who is also dear to me and I respect, I respect everyone but this person, Mother Rosa. I thank God, I thank God for her. Uh, I want to thank my husband. Thank you. When I told him, um, Pastor asked me to bring the word, he said, well, I'm going to come on board. I'm going to play. My God. You gotta know your place. Hallelujah. And I wanna thank the grand girls for coming to support. I wanna thank each and every one this morning. I trust that whatever Father has placed in my heart, that it will bless me and it will bless everyone. I wanna say this. When you're called to speak, it's not something that we take for granted or take lightly. I was tested like eight times. My God, my joy. I have to speak on joy where the devil came left, right, and center. And at one time, I remember my husband said, oh God, I don't understand. I said, you better understand. It's about passing the test. This is a test you got to recognize. And because the Lord is moving fast and he's, he's at the speed, you got to come up to speed and understand. So let's get to the word. I was asked to speak on joy. Hallelujah. In the book of Galatians, Apostle Paul identified nine attributes of the Holy Spirit. These attributes are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit is available to those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The fruit is the evidence that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Today, I'm going to speak about joy. We are in the holiday season, a time of happiness, excitement, indulgence, 
where families and friends gather to uphold the tradition of church attending, gift giving, good food and fellowship, music, laughter, old Christmas movies, the singing of Christmas carols. But over the years, this joyous season has become commercialized. And because of that, there's a stress that is connected to the season. The American Psychologi Psychological Association reported a study in November 2023 that reads 9 in 10, which is 89% of U.S. adults, reported being stressed at the holidays. 58% had financial concerns. 40% stressed to find the right gift. 38% missing family or loved ones. 32% having too much to do. And 20% feeling left out or excluded. I ask myself, is this joy? Is this happiness? What is this that, you know, keep people in this place that they get stressed and, you know, all this misery and what is it? I believe people are searching for joy. People are searching for joy. But they, you know, are caught up in, they don't understand the difference. So I'm here to explain the difference. Webster tells me that happiness is temporary and externally expressed by happenings. Situations and circumstances. You promise a Rolex watch. That's happiness. Right there. He promised you a diamond ring. That's happiness. Your husband promised to, you know, buy a bigger house. Oh, God, you're happy. Ah, grinning from air to air. A little pep in your step. Happiness. But what happens when... It is not fulfilled. You get miserable. Because in the absence of happiness is misery. I'm talking about happiness. It's temporary, is externally expressed, and is circumstantial. And most of all, happiness has a shelf life. It's going to expire. If you don't get what you want, you get mad. And I'm saying this. Because this Christmas season, we have to really sit, you understand, and, and know what this thing is all about. You have to think, is it joy or is this happiness? What it is I'm pursuing, Lord. I look at Webster again and he said, joy, however, is internal. It is constant. And it's not circumstantial, but everlasting. Everlasting. So you could be angry, but you have joy. Rolex or no Rolex, you have joy. Diamond ring you or no diamond ring, you have joy. Small house, big house, you have joy. Whether you have the gift or not. Whether they make you angry. Whether people hurt you. That joy is constant. That joy remains. I don't know about you, but this morning, 
I choose joy. I choose joy. I choose joy. And I think you should confess that. Turn to the person next to you and tell them I choose joy. And I beg you to mean what you say. Second Samuel 6.16 As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. That sounds like joy. And she despised him in her heart. That sounds like misery. Mm. I'm saying today, I asked myself, why was Michal, you know, why would she despise the king? You are looking at your husband dancing and worshiping. But you see the thing called pain, it clouds the lens. Uh, so when you look at people, you cannot see this thing for what it really is. This was a man that was, you know, in a place called the presence Dancing and worshiping God, honoring God and his wife is looking at him. And she couldn't understand because she was overtaken by the pain, the pain. And I'll tell you the pain. She loved David, right? And she was also the daughter of King Saul and both men abused her. She was a good woman. She was looking for joy. But the father which is King Saul, used her as a snare because he wanted to get rid of David. David was his opponent. And on the other side, David was the poor shepherd boy. And he wanted to get out from poverty, right? So he took this opportunity when Saul said, I want you to marry Michal, my last daughter. And he took it because he wanted to, he had a, his mission, he was on a mission. And I'm saying today, sometimes we are caught in the middle. We are caught in the middle, and it robs us of our joy. Besides that, when you read the whole of 2 Samuel, you're going to see where Saul tried another time, and Michal did her best, and she helped her husband escape death. And then after that, he, he isolated her. Ah, married and just put you aside, because you know the custom of those days, you can have two and three women, so he put her aside, didn't want her anymore after she saved him from death. And then he married someone else. He married Abigail and another one, Miss A. But it didn't stop there. Miss A is right. I can't pronounce the name. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> yes. But it didn't stop there. Later on. While she, she, Saul realized, well, I got to get this girl married again. And she married a second time. But you know, she loved David. That's where, that's the man she loved. And then another time, he called after years passed by, years of isolation, rejection. You know, Jesse never even turned. His father never, you know, check out what was happening with this woman. What she, he came on the scene again and he said, I want you back. But I want you back this time for a political expedience. Yeah, this don't benefit me again. So this is a user. This thing, you know, when you look at it, it is abuse. And, and I could imagine what was happening with 
her mind and how she was thinking, her self-esteem. This woman's joy was being depleted, depleted, and it reminds me of Tamar, you know, until she just gets in a place where they prophesied in her that she would never have a child. And that's the end of Michal, a good woman with a good heart. And I'm saying today, if there are Michals in our midst, and it doesn't mean to say it's relationship, but I'm talking about whatever is your situation, whatever is the abuse, whether it is, you know, running up and down by the doctor, or maybe, you know, you have some kind of situation on your job or with your neighbors, or maybe it is a situation where let's go back to relationship where you were molested. Ah, you were abused, sexually abused, and we don't like to talk these things, but it is a reality in the church. <laughs> Hallelujah. You've been raped, and you know, you've been called all kinds of names. You've been in a relationship where a man treated you like a footcloth, and you've been abused, and you walk around life now. So your lens are frosted, you're seeing. Uh, presence and joy, and you can't identify it. And that was her position. But I'm saying to you, if this is your situation, you're not alone. You're not alone. Don't let the enemy believe that you have been abandoned as a child and you're the only one. You're not. Don't let the enemy make you believe that that sickness, you won't get healed. You're going by the doctor over and over, and there's a fear that you wouldn't make it. Don't let the enemy rob you of your joy. Don't let the enemy make you believe that their restoration would not come to your family. Uh, and your kids will wander off and, and, and all sorts of things would happen. And maybe they will die. And oh God, don't let the enemy, don't let the enemy, let, don't let the enemy play with your joy. Second Samuel 6, no, 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 Psalms 1611, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hands, at your right hand, sorry, are pleasures forever. I want to tell the Mikals. I want to say, I wish I had the opportunity to talk to Mikal. I would say to you, get in the presence. You need to get in the presence. The Bible says, Evangelist Gerard didn't say, this is the word of the Lord. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness, not even joy, but fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, there are pleasures evermore. You see, there is a path. When we get saved, right? God give us free will choice. You got to choose uh, the road to eternity or the road to damnation. You got to choose the, the narrow road or the wide road. The choice is yours. God doesn't put a gun to your head and tell you what to choose. But he said the choice is yours. But the thing what I love about the Lord, he makes the path clear. There is a path. Ah, come on to me when you're heavy and you're laden and you're burdened. And I will give you rest. What I'm saying to you, there is a path. Your misery, there is a path. You're lonely, there is a path. 
and is the only path. And you should choose today. The practical result of being in God's presence is joy. Is joy. Let me tell you something. The presence, my first point, is joy comes in the presence. The Hebrew word for presence is panim, which means face, in front, countenance. So it means that when I come into the panim, I'm facing God. Mm. You're turning your back against the world, and you're facing God, minister. Hallelujah. Nothing matters when I come into his presence. And you may say, what is presence? Presence is a place where you can cultivate that atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to come in. Hallelujah. You're meeting with God and you're inviting the presence of his spirit to come. Hallelujah. Where is presence? Presence can be anywhere. From your kitchen to your car to the park. To prison, Paul and Silas was in the innermost prison. Hallelujah. But they created presence. They started to pray and worship. You know why? Think about it. When you have joy, it's not circumstantial. Hallelujah. It's not circumstantial. The prison, maybe it was a shoebox kind of thing. You know, where they lock you away, you're behaving bad, and they just don't want you to get out. They put them in the shoebox. The Bible described it as the inner prison, right? That is when people are a threat to you. And it's because they, you know, just cast out a demon from a young woman who had a spirit of divination. But it affected the kings and it affected those in authority. They didn't like that. So lock these bad boys away. But I'm going to tell you something. In the midnight hour, Paul and Silas took the atmosphere uh, by worshiping and praising God, playing and singing songs of Zion. And you know what? There was a shaking. That is what happens in the presence. There is a shaking. The shaking happened and they were set free. And not only set free, but they were able to minister to the man who was keeping that prisoner, the guard. They were able to minister to him. And him and his family were saved, thank God. So sometimes God sets us up. You know, whatever the devil meant for evil, God meant it for good. Sometimes, you know, you might be minding your own business. You, you know, going about life's journey and just like that, something happened. You got to think and you got to call on God. What is this? And he going to tell you. That's the divine setup. I just set you up. You understand? I just set you up. Hallelujah. So don't look at the conditions. Don't look at the circumstances. Right now, you're probably in a situation or in a circumstance. And you, you know, you're making, you're magnifying it. And you're making it bigger than your God. But I dare you, get in the presence of the Lord. Get in the presence. You see, because in the presence, uh, there must be a, a deliberate, uh, 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 a personal desire. Mm -hmm. There must be a personal desire to seek God. You know, in, in psychology, they teach you the ABC contingency. A, antecedent, the thing that will trigger you to behave a certain way. B is the behavior, and C is the reward, the, the consequences, right? There must be something that is triggering you right now. 
Something is happening right now. You might walk with the prettiest face and the prettiest clothes, but deep down inside, there is a trigger. And that trigger is to draw you in his presence. I'm saying today, when you come into the presence of God, you will start to uh, seek him. Uh, there, there is a, uh, uh, that trigger will give you the desire to seek him. Lord, I want you. Hallelujah. Try everything else. The psychic didn't help me. Ah, oh God, the witchcraft doctor didn't help me. I tried to burn incense. It didn't help me. I put on the guards. It didn't help me. Oh, God, I'm here before you this morning. I call up the ancestors and they couldn't help because what you're calling up is familiar spirits. And so, Lord, I'm in your presence today. And I come, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for everything that I did. You come in a place of repentance because you have a need. You have a need and that need will be fulfilled in the presence of God. And as you continue to seek him, oh, you're going to set prayer time. Eh, you're going to set some time to meet with him. You know, when you're in love with somebody, uh, you make the time for them. You make that time for that lover. Mm -hmm. You make that time. Two o'clock in the morning, you're still on the phone. If the cell phone could only talk. You understand? It's mm, ah, love message going out all the time. Ah, in the presence of the Lord. God wants you to seek him. Hear what the Bible says, Jeremiah 29, 13. If you seek me and find me, you will seek. You, if you, you will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, it's a hard thing. It's a matter of the heart. You have to want that. Lord, I need more of you. It's far more than just coming into in the church and just sitting down and enjoying a service and then leaving this place. And then for the rest of the week, you're miserable. And then you're waiting for Sunday again. You got to, oh my God, you got to establish presence. Hallelujah. You got to do it. And hear what it is. This thing is free. And this is a lifestyle. This is a lifestyle of the, the believer. So don't treat it like if this is some, you know, like some kind of like alienated thing. No, this is what we are required to do as God's people, as the remnant in the earth. We are required to do it. You start to seek. Yeah, you're praying. You commit to pray. You commit to worship him. Hallelujah. You adore him. Uh, you start to build relationships. You're building on your relationship with him. Hallelujah. And as you continue to, oh God, Bill, he positioned you. Actually, that's a position. Because when you turn your back and your face, that's a position. I'm standing here in the presence of my God. There ain't nothing getting my attention. You can talk how much you want. It ain't going to get my attention. You might be sitting next to me. It ain't going to get my attention. And I'll tell you something. Right in this, this assembly. There comes a time when the wind of the spirit is moving. Don't let nobody take your attention. Do not let, because that is the place where you're going to get delivered. That's the place of healing. That's the place of transformation. Don't let them take your attention. Continue to seek God. It's a place of communing with your Lord. Father, I love you. And he tells you he loves you back. It's a place, oh God, this morning where you know you, 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 you just start a, you, you stay committed in that place of connecting with him. Hallelujah. And he does the same. And then you move. You move in the place of knowing him. The Bible said, I am divine. John 15, 5. And you are the branches. If you remain in me, 
If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I love the word of God. Let me tell you something. This means that don't fool yourself. You can do nothing without God because he is the vine. When the Bible talks about the vine, it is the father. It is our heavenly father. He said, you cannot do nothing. You would not be able to bring forth fruit. Ah, that you can continue your mission on the earth. You would not be equipped. You would not be able to do nothing without me. That's the word of the Lord. Stay in his presence. Stay in his presence and... Oh, God, be empowered this morning. Hallelujah. You see, when you get to know God, that place of knowing is a place of revelation. The Father reveals himself to you. Oh, God. Hallelujah. A place where he's going to uh, show you that uh, you're going to actually see, you know what? Uh, the different aspects of his multidimensional nature. So you're going to know him as a lover. You're going to know him as a friend. You're going to know him as a healer. As a deliverer, a strong tower, a burden bearer. Oh God, hallelujah. Get in the presence this morning. I say get in the presence. Hallelujah. And you know, in the knowing place, when God shows who he is, oh my God, you're going to get intimate because you love it. Just like when you, you, you see the heart or, or you know, when, when you're dating and somebody decides to show you, you know, good ways, good, you know, the, the, actually the relationships start getting tighter, right? You're going to get intimate. You want to hug. You want to squeeze. In that place, the Lord will cover you. He will cover you. Oh, God, God going to take you. Hallelujah. And that's a safe place. That's a safe place, a place of intimacy when I could love him and he could love me back. Let me tell you something. You may love your husband. Put God first. I dare you to put God first. Hey, God, I give you praise. I thank you this morning. Put him first. Do not. The Bible don't lie. Don't put them different type of idols, the kids and the house and the, and the car and I'm working for seven figures. Don't put those things before God. Put God first. Put God first. The apostles were wondering what they would eat and what they would wear. God said, seek me first. Seek ye first. And everything I'm going to put in alignment. You don't have to worry. But then you see it comes with priority and structure. You got, this thing is a structure thing. A structure thing, sorry. And you know, you got to put things in place. We cannot be the, you know what I mean, the loose cannon type of Christians. We ain't going to last in this season. The devils are already released in the earth. Hallelujah. Everything is heightened up. And so if you can feel the wind, there is uh, the increasing of the temperature in the room. You got to know what time it is. Oh God, I give you praise this morning. You're going to become dependent. You're going to become dependent on your lover. You think you're selfish and you think you know everything. You think you're well equipped and you're intellectual. That ain't gonna work. It's a place where God gonna reveal who you are. You can't do it without him. You just can't do it without him. The father has everything we need to be productive. He is the source. He is the source. The vine is the source. And without him, we are nothing. Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself and just run on pure energy, your personal energy. You're gonna wear out. 
Ah, oh God. You know, you come into the place of becoming. Becoming who God wants you to be. Ah, so that means the layer's going to have to come off. The layer's going to have to come off. I was hurt. I was out there doing drugs. I had, oh God, a masturbation problem. I was suffering because they raped me and I feel I should prostitute myself. My lower the esteem. I was struggling with low self-esteem. Oh God, it can only come from the mouth of an evangelist. Ah, uh, I got to say as it is, you're struggling and you're sitting there in quietness and you're dying daily. Oh my God. You're dying. You're coming in the house of God with a smile. And for those who could discern, can see behind the smile. It's hurt and pain and sorrow. But God, but God, hallelujah. Without his presence, there's no anointing. Mm, you need the anointing in this time. You need the anointing. Hallelujah. The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. You think it came just like that? To cast out demons, to lay hands on the sick. It comes with the anointing. And you get that anointing in the presence of God. When you become who he wants you to become. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't look down at people. Oh, Don't look down at anyone. Because you never know. In this season, God is taking those in the back and bringing them to the front. Yeah. Because he's God. He's no respecter of persons. You're looking at the one walking and her head is down and maybe she's not dressed like you. Uh, don't say a word. Don't say a word. Don't say a word. Hallelujah. Yay. Joy is fueled by the confidence that our father will never leave us nor forsake us. We can ask anything of him and he will give it to us. As we seek him, he establishes a relationship with us where he reveals the different sides of himself. And I thank God when you reach in that place of becoming and you are naked in his presence, you can't hide. God, I'm hurting. You know, I, I've been with about 10 men and I want to settle my life, but I want to be, you know, transparent here. I, I could only talk to you because you don't want to understand me. I want you to help me. And he will talk back to you what to do. You better take the instructions. You better take the instructions. You might have a situation where you have your wife, but you're looking on the outside. The presence. The presence. The presence. Oh, God, the presence. Hey, you might be feeling uncertain about yourself and where God is taking you. You're holding on by a thread. The presence. The presence, hallelujah. It's a place when you worship God, you're able to change the atmosphere. Hallelujah. It's a place where you become mature. The way you used to think. You used to look at things and all of that, you know, from the naked eye, the natural eye. But now you can see beyond. Ah, that is what transformation does. You have the opportunity to trade selfishness for selflessness. My God, and pride for humility. That's the place. Warning, the presence is not a hangout place. It is not a common place or a marketplace. Don't get familiar. Take it, taking it for granted because this place is a holy place. This place is a place of honor. Listen, listen to this. Second Samuel 6, 6 and 7. When they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, 
Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. Therefore, God struck him down and he died there besides the ark of God. Took it for granted. It was in his father's house for 20 years, Abinadab. And now what happened? They went against the instructions of God. The ark was supposed to be carried uh, by the division called the Cobotites. You understand? A division of the Levites, right? So they put it on a cart. And in transporting this thing, it shifted. And Uzzah was the son of Abinadab. So, you know, you have the ark in the house for 20 years, so it got familiar. Hallelujah. So he reached out. You cannot align. You cannot straighten. You cannot do nothing. This is, this is God's business. This is serious business. And he dropped dead. We had to be careful how we handle the presence. We got to be careful how. You see, the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence and the glory of God. We got to be careful how we carry it because we are carriers. We are carriers of his presence. So we got to be careful. Know what you're doing. When worship starts, don't even worry. Just get yourself in that deep place and worship him. You came to worship God, not to watch who wearing what and who this and who. No, no, no. That is not the place. Hallelujah. Oh, don't take it for a common ground. Hey, well, yeah, hang out spot. No way. This is the sanctuary. This is the place where we meet with God. This is a place where God dwells with his people. Hallelujah. And you see, in this season, we got to know the time and the season. You got to take this thing serious. Hallelujah. We thank God this morning. Let me move on quickly to the power. There is power in his uh, joy gives us power. Thank you, Lord. Nehemiah 8.10, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither he be sorry for the joy, neither he be sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength. But when you look at it, it comes from presence. That is where the joy is available. That is where you get all the attributes of the Holy Spirit is in the presence of God. So therefore, Nehemiah had that strength. Oh God, he had the strength oh, to reunite his people, to bring them into that place. Ah, the walls were broken down, but God chose him to be the restorer. But one thing that stands out there, Nehemiah was a man always in the face of God. Even before he went to the king, he was there in the presence. And so, uh, I don't, you know, uh, when, when somebody's in the presence all the time, you got to be careful. Got to be careful. They may look simple. Oh, God. But they are empowered to do. And that is what happened to him. Right? He was empowered to rebuild. Uh, when you, you know, the walls, the broken down walls. And maybe there are broken down walls in your life that need repairing and rebuilding. Uh, that joy, that joy, that fullness of joy will give you uh, the energy to do it. Oh, God. Other than that, he had the joy to, you know, resist distractions. When you start to build, no, you're going to have internal warfare. Anything that is going anywhere, even this church, internal warfare is going to have those that are going to start a talk, buzz. And I, 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 this is not what I want the church to be. How dare you? Mm. This is God's church. This is God's church. Hallelujah. This is God's church. Mm. This ain't no hangout spot. Uh, 
He was able to resist the destruction while he was building uh, the, the, the Sambala and Tobiah and even the Arab, Gesham. They started to uh, talk and, 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 and you know, try to, you know, come up to pick a fight. Come, boy, come. But when you're walking with God, God will tell you what to do. Don't go there. Don't even pay mind. Resist the destruction. That's what joy does. Don't pay no mind to them. Let them talk. Let them talk. And it's the same way. People are going to see you and don't know what God is doing in your life. And they're going to talk. They're going to talk. They're going to talk. It takes, it takes presence to recognize presence. I look at pastor. <laughs> And I said, my God, ah, God, mm -mm, mm -mm. when the wind of the presence of God comes in this place and pastor get on fire, the temperature starts arising. He can't stay on the floor. He can't stay here. Got to come down. He's moving, moving. And that is what it's all about. Being sensitive, being able to sense. That's what the presence does. Hallelujah. Okay. They stayed focused and they fought the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Corinthians 7, 4, stand in the face of adversity. The joy will give you the strength to defend your territory. Hallelujah. Actually, 7, 4 is great as my confidence in you. Great as my pride in you. I am filled with encouragement. In all our troubles, my joy overflows. You could be going through what in this life? Very problematic place. Oh, God, you don't feel confident in yourself. Turn to the right and the left. The in-laws hate you. Mm. Everyone hates you. They're looking at you because you're from this place and you're from that place and you're, you're black, you're white, you're yellow. Oh, God, God is above all. Hallelujah. God is above all this morning. Hallelujah. But whatever they try to do and the trouble that they try to stop the work, to stop the rebuilding. Ah, oh, man, God, when God appoints someone, let me tell you something. Be careful. Be careful. Nehemiah was appointed by God to rebuild because his heart was there and he knew the presence of God. The whole day it was rebuilt and it was rebuilt quickly. Hallelujah. You know what I look at? God gave him strength. At one time, these men were working. And they were fighting. I love that. I love it. You understand a multitasking, divine multitasking. Being able to work. Put your hands to the plow. But you have your sword on your side. Oh God, you come up. You come up. I'm going to take your head. Hallelujah. And lastly, we look at the promise. Oh boy. I made it. I made it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. The promise, John 15, 11. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Full joy. You know what is fullness of joy? You're sitting there in that fullness, there's abundance, there's overflowing joy. Oh God, don't sit down and waste time worrying about your husband and he has a mental health issue and worrying about, you know, oh God, my kids, like, you know, I'm the only one that's going to make it to heaven. Hell no. Get in the presence. Get in the presence. It's going to cost. Listen, I'm going back to the presence because it's a place of sacrifice. The thing about us today, we don't like to get up from our beds. But you're going to sit down in the night and look at television until two. And you're going to talk love until three. Ah, uh, it's time when God called you. No, it's not a case of insomnia. But he's calling you unto himself. Get up. Get up. 
Because this time, God is drawing his people. He's calling his people unto himself. Hey, you see, it's not a time to get ready. We must be ready. It's a time to be ready. Because the spirit will move any minute. And you know what? The worst thing is to be caught without oil. Mm. Hey. Mm. I'm talking about the promise. I'm talking about the promise. You trusted God and you're saying, God, I'm trusting you for this. Go deep. Go deep. You're going to get what you want. And if it ain't good for you, you ain't going to get it. You understand? God doesn't rear no spoiled kids. He wants the best for us. You want that Denzel Washington and he's going to say, no, take the little short man. Because the short one is anointed. Don't get tired with the outer look. It ain't going to work. No, that's a serious thing because listen, sometimes you're in the house of God sitting on good and you're facing, you're focusing and up comes Delilah. Hmm. Ah, Delilah comes in search and she sits on your lap and the next thing you're out of the church. Hey, and then when you're out there, she's fighting with Jezebel because both of them want you. Come on now. Oh, maybe you're waiting on God. You're faithfully waiting, Lord, are waiting. And then next thing you're trusting him for Boaz. But instead of Boaz, yeah, oh, I'm looking for joy. So I had to get this, I have to get this man quick. So you know what? I, I, I'm going to take killers. Killers going to kill your destiny. Hey, wait on the Lord. Wait in his presence. Wait in his presence. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm finishing. The Lord, John, <laughs> you see this joy? The world didn't give it. The world didn't give it. It belongs to us free. Take it. Take it, whatever your situation. Don't suffer. Take the, take the joy. Take that fullness. You and your husband hold hands and go into the presence together. Baby, come. Come, let us experience this intimacy together. Because you can be living together and you know it's two different visions. Two different levels, two different places. The Bible says the two shall become one. Hmm. Baby. All right. The Lord promises that the fullness of joy will be with us wherever we go. It doesn't matter what you experience and whatever is your situation. This joy is a holistic thing that transforms us. Uh, where you are neither despondent by nor solely dependent on man. You're going to learn to depend on the Lord. Hallelujah. Samuel 6, 2 Samuel 6, 14, 15. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the song of trumpets. You see, the joy gives you vigor. You're going to have energy. You're getting up all the time and you're tired because it's too much television. Too much of the cell phone. Get in the presence. This joy, you see, when you get that type of vigor, it breaks limitation. It breaks the limitation of your worship. You're going to worship God out of yourself. Hallelujah. Hey, God. And he danced. You know what it is to dance with all your might? And I'll tell you something. When I check. Where they, when I um, look at the distance from, was Abinadab house or Obed-Edom to the city of 
David. It was 10 miles. These men had the Ark of the Covenant and they were dancing for 10 miles. We can't even dance for 30 minutes. You understand? Oh God, I'm telling you, the joy gives you vigor. Ah, dance your way. Some of us going to have to dance. Some of us going to have to run for our joy. Some of us going to have to leap. Hallelujah. But David danced. David danced. They said he took off his priestly ah, apparel and he danced in his linen. Ephod, I hear my time, yes. He was oblivious, I love this part. That's what joy does, fullness of joy. They talk him and they criticize him. She was criticizing him. She said, look at you, you're the king and you, but you look like a commoner. You act like a commoner. He paid no mind. He said, woman, can't, woman, can't you see? I'm up in the face of my God. Come on now. That is what it does. You pay no mind to people. Pay no mind to the critics. Don't let the critics keep you from church. Don't let what people say. Oh God, we got to be, you know, go higher than that. Hallelujah. And that is what the presence does. It makes us. It makes us and it shapes us and it molds us. Our perception changes. The way we look at things is not like on the ground. We're looking down on the ground. When the fruit is really on the tree, we're picking up fruits on the ground. My God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ah, uh, why are you bothered? He said, why are you bothered as I am worshiping my king? And lastly, there was transparency in his transition. He was naked almost. Well, well, you know, that's an argument. They say David was naked, but David was naked. David wore, he had on the, you know, the ephod, the linen ephod, right? But I'm talking about the nakedness when he is stripped of all the heaviness and the burdens and the bondages and the baggages and all that thing that keep your mind in a way that you're passing and you don't see people. Oh God, hallelujah. And they, 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 on the other side, the people think that, you know, they're getting offensive, but it's because you're buried in. God is saying, I'm ready. I'm getting ready to remove that. I'm getting ready to loose you in the season. Hallelujah. David experienced abundant, overflowing joy because he knew God's presence. Those who have eyes to see, let them see. Oh God, mm, not everyone will understand the place where you're at. Not everyone will understand when they see you dancing in the presence. They're going to think you're crazy, but it's a good kind of crazy. Hallelujah. Dance, dance, but keep your joy. Keep your joy. Don't go running behind gift and if you don't get the iPhone and you don't get whatever and he didn't take me to this and all that after all listen to me it have an expiration date it have an expiration date but seek the things that are constant seek the things that are permanent and everlasting seek the things uh, that are not oh God shifted by circumstances oh God God is calling us church God is calling us as you continue to dwell in the presence of the Lord he will do a complete work of transformation hallelujah Thank you, Lord. You will no longer depend on what this one say, that one say. But when you want to know, you know where to get it from. Father, tell me, teach me, show me, speak to me. Am I to go right? At one time I got in a kind of way I had to kind of get a balance. Because if I had to go up the street, I said, should I go left or right? You know, should I go, what to do? And then I said, no, you had to get a balance. You listen 
but you think. I give God praise today. I'm saying to the Mikals among us, whether you're a man, a woman, a child, uh, and you have been burdened, you have been sidetracked, your joy is depleted, you lost your joy, you never had joy, whatever it is, if the burdens of this life is resting heavily upon you, I'm saying there's a place called the presence of God. And let me tell you something, if you really love God, you don't wait for an altar call. You don't wait for nobody to call you to the altar. Let a man examine himself daily. You ought to know where you are. And you ought to know what you want. Hallelujah. And you know what? It's available. So I appeal to you today. As the altar workers come, whatever is your situation. Come on and put those hands together. Did, did you enjoy that word of God on today? I said, did you enjoy that word of God on today? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In the presence of the Lord, we understand that there's fullness of joy. There's no better place that we can be than in his presence. Can I get a witness in the building? Amen. And I like the fact that joy is eternal. That means that no matter the circumstance and situations that I may be going through in my life doesn't determine the joy that I have. Uh, because this joy, the world didn't give it to me. I wish I had a witness in here. Uh, the world didn't give me this. But it came from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on and put your hands together one more time for the woman of God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I thank God that we got some capable speakers in the building. Amen. I want to thank God for every speaker that has already spoken. Amen. Thus far this month. Amen. Can we stand and salute them? Amen. For delivering a word of God unto us. Amen. Hallelujah. 